My sermon title for today is Jesus is coming soon. What are you doing? Let's pray. Father in heaven, just please be with me right now. Honestly, you know how my mind works, and I just pray that you may speak directly through me to these people in this crowd. I pray that you just may use me as an instrument for your Holy Spirit to guide my thoughts, to really open my heart. Amen. You know, one thing, I grew up Seventh-day Adventist, okay? Um, I grew up Seventh-day Adventist, and I grew up going to church. I grew up going to Sabbath school. I was at church every Saturday, yet it did nothing for me, unfortunately. I grew up going to church. I grew up um, listening to sermons, yet I felt like there was something missing in my life. I don't know about you guys, but maybe this sounds like you as well. What ends up happening is my senior year of high school, I end up leaving Christianity because I said, God, I've heard about you my whole life. God, if you're really real, you haven't done anything for me, so I'm just going to go. I end up leaving Christianity. I end up entering Buddhism. I end up entering um, because I was seeking. I was seeking for things that satisfy. I was seeking for things that fulfill Yet, I was looking in the wrong places. If you guys want to turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. This is actually one of my favorite verses. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. It talks about those who are really trying to seek after their own happiness. It talks about those who are trying to seek to please self. And this was the definition of me. Say amen when you get to Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. Amen. It says, for my people, this is the Lord speaking, for my people have committed two evils. Not just, not one, just they committed two. The first one was, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. That's what I did. That was my first sin in, in leaving God. The one who was going to satisfy. In Jewish imagery, okay, and the way they would write, if you actually look in the Hebrew, they used water, flowing rivers, um, ocean. If you look around like Psalms and all these, they, David's always talking about like the ocean, like peace like a river, um, talking about you'll, he will lead you beside still waters. If you look at it, water is an imagery for fulfillment. And here, it makes a perfect distinction because if you, if you see it, he, he, he calls himself the fountain of living waters, the fountain of peace, the fountain of joy, the fountain of love, yet we have left it. And we go and try to do something else. The very next evil, if you see, it says, they have made themselves broken wells. Broken wells that can hold no water. If, you guys, if we interchange it again, broken wells, we make ourselves holes, make ourselves ditches in which we try to fill water, water into, yet somehow it doesn't 
hold our peace. We try to make things of our lives that we try. I don't know what it is. Some of us, each one of us has something that Satan has honed in on in our lives. Some of us, it's substances. Some of us, it's alcohol. You know, or maybe you're like, ah, that's not me. But must, some of us, it's pride. Even spiritual pride. You, oh, I'm a, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. I have, oh, I know this. I know these verses. Honestly, if you don't know Jesus, you know nothing. Yet, we make all these things. We try to fill these broken wells that we make in our lives. And somehow, they always end up empty. That's what I tried to do my senior year. I was seeking, I was looking, I was looking for peace in my life. And this um, particular religion of Buddhism boasts peace. It boasts peace. And I was like, man, that's what I'm looking for. So I go and I enter and I start meditating. I start getting to spiritualism. I start studying out all these things. And yet what I, what I end up finding, at this time I am getting into the spiritualism, but I'm also trying to fill my life with the things of this world. Relationships. Parties. Whatever it is. You fill in the blank. It's trying to fill my life with. Yet, I ended up empty again. I made myself those broken wells. My senior year of high school, I've shared this story to my, my, my students, my babies, my niños here. Maybe some of you guys have heard it as well, but this is, you guys want to know what ended up changing my, my mindset, the direction that I was going? Do you guys want to know what happened? So I was driving down the freeway in the Bay Area going, uh, at night, middle of the night, I was extremely angry at this point. I, I struggled with a lot of anger, with a lot of bitterness. And I was just so angry. I was, I was filled with, I was distraught because I didn't know what I was going to do in the future. I was empty. I was broken. My relationship was falling apart. Everything was falling apart. I was suicidal throughout junior year of high school. And every time I'd take a drive like this, I would just imagine, just what if I just took a quick turn into the center divide. It could all be over. This particular night, I was thinking the same thing, yet as I'm yelling at the top of my lungs, music playing at the top, windows rolling down with the wind just blowing in, just me frustrated, angry, demons filled my car. Yet, amidst the darkness, there was a voice. And this is what the voice told me. It said, Manny, Everything went silent. I didn't hear anything else but this voice. It said, Manny, you need a change. And for the first time, I had a very real relationship with God. It's not like I didn't believe there was a God anymore. I knew there was a God, but I just told him I want nothing to do with him. I told God, I, I had a very real relationship. As I was driving to do these terrible things, the Lord would whisper in my ear, Manny, you don't want to do that. And I'd be like, God, shut up. I am and I will. Don't talk to me. Leave. And the voice would retreat. Because the God I serve is a gentleman. The Lord that I serve is going to give you what you want. If you want to destroy your life, He's not going to force you. He's a God that gives you the choice. That's why I love Him. 
He gave me up to my sins, but he didn't give up on me, amen? He didn't give up on me. He waited till the opportune time until he said, Manny, you need a change. And I looked at my life, my whole, like, my past just shined before me, and I saw I needed a change. The very next thing he said is, Manny, you need youth rush. I was like, what? <laughs> All right, I know I need a change, but I need youth rush, what? But I was so broken at that point, I said, okay, I'll do it. I ended up signing up to Youth Rush. And I wondered why God brought me to Youth Rush. For the longest time, I wondered why. But I want you guys to read this verse with me. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, I actually ended up learning this as my life continued to move forward. I went to Youth Rush. I gave my life to God. That is where I first started learning about how to have devotions. That is where I first started having a real encounter with Jesus rather than just sitting like a vegetable. It says this, Take heed to who? Yourself. And to what? The doctrine. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Okay, look at yourself, examine yourself, examine the way you're going, take heed to yourself, continue in what? What's them? What is them? It's talking about in the last verse. The doctrine, right? Oh, how'd you know? Uh, the doctrine. Continue in them, which is the doctrine, for in doing what? Doing this, doing the doctrine, you will save who? Both yourself and, and those who hear you. God called me to youth rush because he said, Manny, take heed to the things I'm teaching you. Listen to what I'm trying to teach you because if you don't, you will be lost. If you don't get into action, you will be lost. In taking heed to yourself and the doctrine, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. To my students, this is why God has called you here, is to save you. You know, this hit me hard, and this is going to be a hard comment right now, but God didn't call you because you're special. God called you because you need him that much more. To you, church, God didn't expose the truths in this word. Many, unfortunately, nowadays there's so much Error exposed in the world from the Word of God. Error. Yet, He didn't show you these truths because you were special. He showed you these truths because you needed it. Amen. He showed you these truths because you need it. Not only just yourself, but you need to spread it. Amen? Amen. Jesus is coming soon. What are you doing? I look at myself and I look at my life and I'm like, whoa. I, I take a look, a glance. Tonight I'm sharing my personal testimony to my students. Yet I look at my life and I look at where I am now. And I have eight, 19, uh, 17 children under me. It's crazy. Their lives 
are my responsibility. I don't, you know, I was like, how do I feel like a dad already, you know? Some of these kids are like, thanks, dad. I'm like, don't call me that. I'm almost your age, just a couple years older than you. But this is the thing. Is God called me as a student? He called me when I was a mess. He called me as a broken human being to go and serve others. I was like, God, how can I go and serve someone when I don't have really anything to give? He's, and this is what he said to me. He said, Manny, that little that you do have, that little that you do know, go and share it. And I was like, God, wait, I don't know anything though. He's like, Manny, you say you don't know anything, but you know my son died for you. You know that I gave everything for you to save you because I love you. You know that, right? I was like, yeah. That's my gospel, Manny. You know the gospel. You know I, as a Cole Porter, you know, as my students, you know, I don't know if you guys have realized, just in these past four weeks, you've learned a lot. As a Cole Porter, you go door to door and you see people from every speck of life, okay? And there have been so many doors that I knock on that I realize these people know nothing about Jesus. You know, you think, we think in this society where there's posters and everything that people would know about Jesus and what he did, you know? But what they do is they hear stories. Oh, I, get, I heard that he did that. I heard about him. Some people are like, yeah, I know the name Jesus, but I don't really know who he is or what he did. To some people, it's just a fairy tale. What are you doing? Jesus is coming soon, guys. If I was to tell you this, if I was to tell you that Jesus, if we knew, okay, if God actually gave us a time that he would be here, let's say he was coming next Sabbath, okay? Let me ask you this and think to yourselves. If he was coming next Sabbath, what would you do? I want some answers. What would you do if Jesus was coming back next Sabbath? You'd call all your family and friends, right? Why? Because I love them and I want them to know. Because you want them to know, right? Anybody else? Okay, hey, I would do that next Sabbath. I'd be waiting at the graveyard. That's a good one. <laughs> but would you knock on doors. Why, Anita? Yeah, because With urgency, right? Yet... You know me, guys, I don't, I don't really give feel-good messages because this is truth. It's unfortunately, we've lost our sense of urgency. We've made this world our home when it is not our home. I don't know about you guys, but my home isn't here. My home is up there. I'm waiting for my Savior to come back to save me. Yet, unfortunately, these people around us, as we go, we may know, but those around us may not. They have no hope. What are you doing? 
There's a story. Have you guys heard of the Great Disappointment? For those of you guys who have never heard of the Great Disappointment, it, they were expecting Jesus to come back. They had a prophecy, time prophecy set up for Jesus to come back on October 22nd, 1844. Okay? 1844. There was this great spiritual revival because there was messages being preached all over the country, all over the world. Jesus is coming soon. Are you ready? The time prophecy started getting closer and closer. People started to sell their homes, started to sell everything they had because they had a sense of urgency. This particular preacher, unfortunately, I forgot his name, but what ends up happening is he was so sold on the word. What happens is this is in the winter, okay? I mean, you see it October. This is like two weeks before October 22nd, okay? It's like October 7th, okay? And this is, you know, in those freezing states that I don't want to step foot in, like Michigan or like Wisconsin, you know? I'm just kidding. For those of you guys who are from Michigan or Wisconsin, I'll go one day. Um, in the summer. That's a good point. But, you know, this is entering the fall, winter. It's freezing. Okay? As the sun starts to set, it's freezing. Yet what happens is this preacher, he goes out and he's going on his way home. This is about 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. He's going home from work and he sees a group of travelers. And he says, hey, have you guys heard? And they're like, heard what? You haven't heard? Heard what? And he starts, and he breaks down his Bible right there and preaches to them the gospel. He appeals to them and they choose to get baptized. He takes them to the river at that moment and he goes and baptizes them in this freezing cold water. Amen? He goes back and they split up and on their way home, he meets another group of people and he looks at them and he guess, guess what he says? Have you heard? I heard what? You haven't heard? Heard what? And again, he preaches to them the gospel. And so what ends up happening is that family at that moment say, we want to get baptized. What do we do? He says, come, let me take you. At this point, it's about 6 p.m. Okay? Sun's setting, baptizes them, freezing cold water on his way home. At, by this time, it's about 7. The sun is setting. He sees another group of people. You can imagine he's soaking wet. He didn't imagine to go jump in the river. Has no towel. Soaking wet on his way home as the sun is setting. He sees another group of people. And what does he say? Have you heard? These people say, no, I haven't heard. Heard what? He preaches to them the gospel. Brothers and sisters. He baptizes them in the water at 8.30 p.m. Okay? baptizes them, gets out of the water, goes home, gets pneumonia, and dies in a couple of days. That man had a sense of urgency. Do you have that sense of urgency? I look at myself, and I'm like, yo, I have a sense of urgency. I'm doing this cold porting work. But in reality, do I do it on my time off? Do I do it on my days off, Friday and Saturday? Do I go and pass out glow tracks wherever I go? Those take n really nothing. You don't have to do any preaching. You don't have to do really any hard work. You literally just go, hey, we're just passing these out to the community. Have a nice day. It says in these last days, guys, 
Ellen White says that she had a dream where she saw little specks of light revolving around the world. Okay, guess why it's called glow? Light. It is based off of that prophecy she saw. As you coal porters, it says in these last days, as Nelson shared, um, there is going to be times in these last days where as all these signs are coming to pass, the Holy Spirit is going to come down and illuminate the books on their bookshelves. He's going to remember, he's going to speak into their mind these books that we have. That they may go through them and they might read and be converted. The God, is, the God that I serve is going to do a big thing in these last days. Are you going to be a part of it or not? Jesus is coming soon. What are you doing? You know, you want to hear the climax. I literally thought of the best sermon illustration I've ever thought of in my life. Do you guys want to hear it? This is the most climactic sermon illustration that had put me in tears. There was one day, September, I believe, 8th, no, I got here. When did I get here? You guys remember? September 9th? All right, I got here September 9th. And this is September 11th, 2017. I'm knocking on doors. Okay? I'm at home, and I'm convicted. All right, Manny, go start knocking on doors. I'm like, oh, on my own? Like, I don't have a van. I don't have a leader motivating me. Go drop me off. I don't have a leader going, PTL, Manny, PTL, let's go, keep pushing. No, I got none of that. Grab my bags, stock up my books, head out the door. I decide I'm going to go knock on the doors around me. Okay, I'm going to go knock on my neighbor's doors. Come up. I'm going to go knock on my neighbor's doors. And I end up knocking on this family's door. I meet Mago at the door. And he says, hey, buddy, I'm, I'm really busy right now, but what are you doing? Um, I'm like, hey, we're actually just students doing something positive in the community. He's like, you know, this seems kind of interesting. Can you come back later? I'm like, yeah, for sure. What time? I'll come back at around 8. OK. So I go, shower, get back, get ready. And I go to his door, and he invites me inside. He takes me to his backyard, and I remember we're, we're talking. He's like, hey, so what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm doing this and just working to school, you know, just showing him the books. And we're sitting in his backyard, and I show him the books that we have, Steps of Christ, Lessons of Love, and he's just like, oh, this is pretty cool, all right. But then I pull out the great controversy, and he stops moving. He looks at it, and he almost turns white, and he says, I mean, he already is white, but it's, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> he looks at it. And he's like, this is crazy. This is crazy. And I was like, no, you're crazy. And, uh, but I was like, what do you, what's crazy? And uh, he says, my coworker's been telling me about this book for the past six months. He says, my coworker's been telling me about this book for the past six months. There's no coincidence. There's no coincidence. He ends up getting the book. I say, hey, dude, you know, you're right. There is no coincidence. 
would you like to study the Bible? Yeah. And he said, please, I need it. If you really, there's so many background details to all this, but the Lord literally set him up. He got back from a trip two weeks before. He needed something different. I show up at his door that the Lord put me there with the very same book that his friend had been, who was doing something. Amen. He showed him those books. I go up to his door. I show him the book. I start Bible studies with him from September to May 31st. We have Bible studies. And today, his wife is going down in that tub and coming up a new person. Amen? Amen. None of this is because of me, but it is what God has been doing. It is because I was willing to be an instrument for the Lord that another soul and a whole family is going to be in the kingdom. Amen? God does big things with little people. If you feel like you have nothing to offer, just say, God, use my strengths. Use me for what I can do. I'll do what you want me to do. Be open. He will use you. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. And at this time, I want to welcome up Pastor John and Trini in this moment as, uh, as we close. This has been, I totally forgot about it, but yesterday, um, yesterday I just called them just for fun because I miss them so much. I literally would spend like almost like every day or every other day just stop by, hey guys, I mean they're my neighbors, you know? Like how's it going? And when I called him yesterday, he's like, hey man, I'm having sushi right now with my family. I was like, oh, let me just say hi to him really quick. And I was like, hey, Trini, you going to be at church? She's like, yeah, I'm getting baptized, Manny, are you? I was like, really? She's like, yeah. And I was like, amen, amen. And I hung up, after we hung up, I started bursting down in tears. Because those whole nine months, even though they were filled with hardships, even though they were filled with struggles, it was worth it for this family. If, if it's just one family you reach while you're here on this earth, your life was worth it. If it is just one soul that you guys reach at these doors, it is worth it. Jesus is coming soon. What are you doing? Have you been blessed so far today? Yeah. I like this. I think uh, invite guest speakers and baptize people that church members bring to the Lord. That's, that's what I want to be doing. Well, Trini, it's been fun getting to know you and your family. And I just want to invite the family and friends of Trini and Mago to stand at this time so, they can, so she can see you out there. There's a ladies Bible study group that she's been going to Wednesday nights and some family members. Um, we are excited for your decision and we're excited for what God's doing in, in so many lives and the lives of your family members. And we're looking forward to, to seeing you, you guys maybe in, in this place someday soon.
Well, Trini, because you love Jesus and because you have already given your life to him, and this is just a public demonstration, your own choice making this in front of your friends and family, it's a privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. want to have a special word of prayer that God will bless you and continue to guide you on your journey. Loving Heavenly Father, um, there are a lot of people out in this world like Trini and her family who are open and ready and we just pray that you'll continue to uh, lead us and guide us so that we can find them for you. We're thankful that you used Manny to, to reach this family. And we just pray in a special way, as Trini has made this commitment in front of her church family, that you will fill her with your Holy Spirit in a special way, that you will um, give her strength for the days to come, the good days and the challenging days. May you continue to help her to be the mom and wife that you've called her to be, uh, and most importantly, the child of God that you have called her to be. So we know heaven's rejoicing, and we too are rejoicing today. And so we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Who, by the raising of their hand, just wants to welcome Trini into church family <laughs> fellowship. Amen. The song we sang had a specific verse in the song. We chose this song for a reason. Heaven is cheap enough, guys. It says, so when the doors are shut in your face, go to another. When someone rejects you, rejects the material, go to another. Someone is waiting to be invited to a heavenly banquet so they can meet their eternal family. Trini, you are a part of our eternal family now. Your family is a part of ours, and we are going to live in eternity with our Savior one day. You know, as the projector loads up, I want to share one last quote that really touched me that I want to share with you guys. Maybe I should turn it on. That would be a good idea. Oh, it is on now. Brothers and sisters, there are other families like Mago and Trini waiting for you to just invite them to church. You don't know exactly go what's going on in people's lives. You may think that you do, but really you don't. Invite them. Offer a prayer. Live your life as if Jesus was coming soon and they will see something different in you. It says this. This is a hard quote, but very true. It says, these examples should teach us the importance of a what? Personal effort. Making what? Direct appeals to just the people in the church. No, to our kindred, to our family. Why, why did you want to call your family and friends? Because you love them. You want them to be saved. To the friends and neighbors. Neighbors, literally. 
There are those, check this out, unfortunately this is true in our church, but it doesn't have to be after today. There are those who for, for a lifetime have professed to be acquainted with Christ, yet who have never made a personal effort to bring even one soul to the Savior. And that was me all those 18 years, guys, just sitting in church doing nothing for anybody else. Doing, just sitting here. Honestly, if a vegetable just sits in one place for a long time, they rot. And that will be our spiritual lives too if we don't go out and take heed to the doctrine and continue in them. And doing them, you'll save both yourself and those who hear you. I believe God has called me to this ministry to save me. And because he is saving me, in the process of saving me, he's saying that those around me. But it says this, Unfortunately, these people leave all the work to the ministers or the Bible worker or the coal porters. Yet, he may well be qualified, the Bible worker or the minister, be qualified for his calling, but he cannot do that which God has left for the, who? For the members of the church. God has called you to go out and serve today. What are you doing for others? This, this church isn't a church for saints. It's a hospital for sinners. Let's go out and bring some more sinners. I'm just a beggar sharing some bread, amen. Go out and share the little bread that you have. If you need, if you want to know what you can do, if how you can minister to others, John, this church is a very active church, amen? When I was here, we put on cooking schools for people. We did glow outreach. We did the small things at Walmart. We're out doing stuff. Get up, be a part of it. Go out and serve. Jesus is coming soon. What are you going to do about it? Father in heaven, I just thank you so much. I feel the Holy Spirit being here. I just know that he's here and I know he's impressing our hearts. I pray that he may come into our lives and take control of our lives. Father, I just want to thank you so much for Trini's decision and giving her whole life to you. She's such an inspiration to me. And I just pray that this decision may not just be one right now, but the whole family may walk in that decision that the whole family all together, we may be in heaven together and, and I can go to their home in heaven again. That we may be able to make it take a trip to those beaches that we wanted to take trips to, Lord. And I pray that we may just, just be able to spend eternity together as well. But I pray that it may not just be this one family, but that each one of us in this room may be able to bring a family so we can have a whole big family in heaven. You're coming soon. Help us to serve you, Lord. Be with us. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for this, home, this church that we can call a home. Please help us to go bring others, lost souls, back to our home too. We're waiting for you to come back, Jesus. Help us to work while, there is still, while it is still day, while we still have time. Amen. Thank you so much, church. It's good to be home. Happy Sabbath.